You are listening to Lone Star Community Radio on 104.5 KCZW LP Conroe and 106.1 KZCC LP Conroe and worldwide on IRLoneStar.com. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, founder of OneBestConsult.com and a Silver Fox advisor, bringing you more common sense business experience. And I hope you will enjoy our show today. And I want to welcome you back. I've been on hiatus for the last 30 days, uh, working on some new things. Uh, We'll talk about that a little bit later. But uh, for those who listen on a weekly basis, appreciate you hanging in there. I think we had some great replays of some best of shows. And uh, we have a new sponsor today, and that is OneBestConsult.com. That's one, the number one, BestConsult.com. I want to remind you again, if you don't know, we're on Facebook. So I encourage you to go to the weekly business hour, like us on Facebook, and that way you can set up to have an alert each week when we post the podcast of the show, typically on Wednesday following the show on Monday. So please go to Facebook, like us at the weekly business hour. Well, today, let me run down our show for you. We have special guests in the studio, Kathy Brown, who's the owner and founder of Incrementum Marketing, LLC. Got that out, didn't I, Kathy? And uh, in our Did You Know segment today, we're going to be talking about, are you ready for the challenge of obstacles to the success of your business? And I'll close out the show today with my one best consult tip of the week. Think, then act. Why is it so hard for us to do? So I encourage you at this point, sit back, grab your pad and pencil, and get ready to take notes as we talk about everything business right here on the weekly business hour. Got a couple interesting things coming up uh, in the near future that are business-oriented. I want to point out one of them in particular. Our friends over at Houston Community College and School of Entrepreneurship have some great programs, and I encourage you, if you don't already have them bookmarked, that you do so. That's hccbizconnect.org. Bookmark that because they put on all kinds of programs throughout the year and they're great programs and see if one might fit into your schedule from time to time. Because as you know, I'm all about learning and knowledge, but they've got one coming up that caught my eye. I never really thought about it. Did not realize that our federal government, bless their hearts, uh, provide grants to small business owners to fund your innovations. It's kind of an interesting thing. They have a couple programs. One is called the Small Business Innovation Research, SBIR. It's a federal program and it's administered uh, for early stage research and development funding to small technology companies or individuals who will be developing a product in a company. So that's really geared to technology. And there's another program called the Small Business Technology Transfer Program, STTR. It's a similar program, but it supports small businesses that are teaming up with nonprofit research entities such as universities. Uh, and I never knew these existed. I, I felt kind of dumb when I saw this because uh, I try to keep my hands or fingers on everything that's going on out there that might assist my clients. But anyway, they're going to have a program July 12th from 9 to 12, okay? And you can find out more about it at hccbizconnect.org. It's a program to show you what you can access. If you're in that technology uh, ballpark, uh, they talk to you and some of the people who have successfully gotten these grants And you should know a grant is typically something you don't pay it back. You have to apply for it. Sometimes that's a pain in the backside, right? 
Uh, I work with nonprofits, and they do a lot of grant uh, application. But once you've got the grant, and you have to be accountable, but it's just like getting money as someone making an investment that you don't have to return in your business. So if you're in the technology area and think you might fit, then check it out. Federal Grants for Small Business Owners to Fund Your Innovations, July 12th, 9 to 12, put on by the Houston Community College. So check them out. I encourage you to do that. Never forget opportunities right in front of you. You just need to grab them. And remember, the weekly business hour is where Montgomery County and businesses really throughout the world come to talk about the latest in business news, ideas to improve your business, and to hear from some of our own local business leaders on how they have found success right here in Montgomery County. And I need to remind you, we're broadcasting from the studios of Lone Star Community Radio right here in downtown Conroe, Texas, which, of course, is located in Montgomery County. But Conroe, according to our Census Bureau, is the fastest-growing city in America. And I love talking about that. As I was traveling this past couple weeks, I would meet people as I traveled out west, and I would tell them I was from the Conroe, Texas area. And a lot of folks knew where Conroe was. They couldn't believe it was one of the fastest, if not the fastest, growing part of the country. So keep that in mind. A lot of business going on here in Conroe, Texas. Well, let's move on to the show. This is the best part of it, talking to people who are smart. And we've got a real smart person in the studio today, Kathy Brown, owner and founder of Incrementum. It's a mouthful. That's a good mouthful, right? Marketing LLC. Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Well, I'm glad to have you because you work in an area that market research that I think gets totally overlooked by a lot of small, medium-sized businesses. They think the big guys do it. We can't afford it. It's too complicated, too complex. And I think you and I are going to kind of unwind some of those myths and show that any business can benefit from market research. Absolutely. Yes, absolutely. Well, let's start off first by who are you? So my name is Kathy Brown, and I started off in the market research industry about 20 years ago. And I worked for a company called the NPD Group. NPD stands for National Panel Diary. And uh, they had an office in Cincinnati, Ohio, and we serviced only one client in Cincinnati, and that would be the Procter & Gamble Company. And uh, so pretty big company. And uh, the first global business unit that I was assigned to when I was doing work for Procter would have been uh, cosmetics. And at the time, Procter owned CoverGirl and Max Factor. Uh, they have since sold those GB, or that, uh, the cosmetic GBU. And, uh, I worked, but I was fortunate in that tail end of that time I spent on that global business unit, I worked on a product rollout for a new product called CoverGirl Outlast, which you can still buy in uh, supermarket, Walgreens, and so forth. Uh, I was transferred to the healthcare global business unit and worked on a very big project. Proctor had just bought IMS pet food, and I worked on a very large white space study where essentially Proctor knew nothing about the pet care industry and wanted to find out, and uh, and I did just that. Uh, project managed a study that was conducted in six countries. It took up about nine months to complete, and just spent a great deal of time digging in, understanding attitude and usage, uh, in particular for the pet care industry. And that's Proctor's approach to any kind of product development, concept testing, any kind of consumer behavior is to really start from the ground up. Uh, I spent some, t- spent some more time doing studies for laundry care, Tide, Dawn dish soap, uh, oral care, so that would have been Crest, and then stepped away from that and did some market research in the services industry. And the clients I would have wor- that I worked with were Jenny Craig, uh, Johnny Rockets, which there are not Johnny Rockets down in Houston because they can't compete with Whataburger. Uh, Build-A-Bear Workshop was one of my clients. 
CPI Corporation, which is branded as Sears Portrait Studio, uh, and then stepped away from that and worked at, at uh, Sprint World Headquarters in Kansas City doing a different type of market research, primarily data mining uh, in their database to understand trending and consumer purchase behavior. So it was a varied career, and I was, I was very fortunate to work with some, some pretty big names in the industry. Well, market research. I mean, obviously, you're doing it at a global level, mm -hmm. like literally. Today. Right, right. Market research. What's it all about as far as you know, I'm a small business guy. I have 50 employees. Uh, I have a manufacturing business, perhaps. Uh, what is market research? I mean, why should I pay attention to that? So market research, if you go to the American Marketing Association website and you look up the definition for market research, it gives you this big, wordy paragraph that essentially is telling us that market research is really that platform that, that links the gap between your service or product and your consumer. And it gives you metrics and information to take your product or your service to the next level. I'm sure you, I'm sure you have business-to-business -business listeners out there, business-to-consumers listener. Market research is applicable to both types of businesses. And, you know, you can get to, because at the end of the day, your consumer is going to buy your service or product, and they're going to pay you for that. It's really hard to, to craft a product or craft a service specific to your consumer without asking them questions and finding out what it is they want. So it positions you to be more strategic and provide something that they are going to pay you money for, which at the end of the day is what we're looking to do in, in the business world. Well, let's back up and talk about that word strategic for a minute. What, what that says to me is valuable. Right. I mean, one of the things I find are the business clients that I work, the people I speak to, people who reach out to me through this program and other things I do is, okay, you want me to do X in this case, do some market research, and it's going to cost me Y. And I don't get where the value is uh, and the, the value of what I do. Uh, what is the value of that market research strategic? Yes, right. the value. So the best way for me to describe that, let's use an example. Um, let's say that you are a donut shop and you have decided that you want to provide bagels to your consumers. Do your consumers want bagels? I don't know. But if you're going to go ahead and go forth and, and produce bagels for your consumers, you've got to pay money to advertise it. Certainly, you've got to pay money for materials to make it. There's manpower, so there's hours that you're going to invest in that. You're going to pour money into providing a product where you've done no research or you have no metrics or data to show to you that this is the direction or the path that you should head. Because for all you know, your consumers don't want bagels. They want muffins or muffin tops, <laughs> if you're a Seinfeld watcher. But um, the value that market research gives you is it provides for you really that a platform to hear what your customer thinks. It connects you to them, whether through surveying or through data mining, it links that gap so that what you put out there, whether it is a product or service, really is something that they're going to buy. It is something that they want, and it gives you the opportunity to connect to them. You know, the thing I find as we kind of wrap up this segment is, and the way I try to explain it to clients in my way, is it's like a target, and you've got those concentric circles. And, yes, you might hit the outer rings just on your gut, but if you really, really want to hit the bullseye, which means more sales, more product, bigger margins, whatever you're looking, more more bottom line, whatever it is, 
you need to really understand the market that you're going into. Absolutely. Market research is it's the difference between guessing what your customer wants and knowing what your customer wants. And knowing what your customer wants benefits you in the long run. It's a forward-moving game, not an end game. Well, Kathy, we're at that end of that first segment, and uh, I've really enjoyed the conversation so far. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have too. We're going to take a break, our first commercial break of the day, and we're going to come back and talk with Kathy a little bit more about try to, again, bust some of that myth up that this market research is only for big companies, big national global companies. So please stay with us and let's become myth busters. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. From the beginning, the main purpose of the Cooperative Extension Service has been to change human behavior by teaching people how to apply the results of scientific research. By utilizing a holistic, multi-level approach, Extension Family and Community Health Programs encourage health and well-being for everyone. Addressing values, concerns, and needs with reliable science-based information, Extension Programs help people lead healthier lives. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show. With monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5, 106.1, and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the message line at 936 936- Six four seven three seven seven six to take your first step into the radio world. This is Rick Schisler, the host of the Weekly Business Hour and your OneBestConsult.com business advisor, offering common sense business experience every day to my clients and listeners. Well, thank you for joining us today. We've been visiting with Kathy Brown, who is the founder and owner of Incrementum Marketing, LLC. And we've been talking about market research, a topic that I believe, at least based on my experience, that very few small, medium-sized businesses ever pay much attention to, but there's a lot of value in it. So hopefully we'll help break down those myths so you as a business owner can take advantage of market research. Well, Kathy, as we went to break, we talked about been talking a lot about because your background and whatnot's with large companies because that's where market research takes place because they do fund as you and i've talked billions of dollars lots of effort into it right why is it so important to their business model if i'm trying to get my arms around this as a small medium-sized business owner why is it so important to the big guys that they do this market research why are they willing to invest all this time and effort Maybe that can help me understand why I need to invest a little bit to do the same. So big businesses uh, will invest millions and millions and millions of dollars in understanding what the consumer thinks of either an advertisement, a product, uh, a new idea, a market, a segment. And they want to know what the consumer thinks because they're going to push out a product or a service that they want to be a surefire win. 
they do not want to deliver a product or a service to you, the consumer, that you don't want or you're not going to buy because that's a waste of money and it's a waste of time. That is what applies and falls over into the small business category. As a small business, we are limited and certainly limited in the funds that we have to A, advertise or manufacture or provide a new service or product. So we want to make sure that when we push it out there, it's going to win. Uh, and, in the, and the same concept applies, you know, when you go to the grocery store and you pick up a bottle of Tide uh, laundry detergent, you can rest assured that millions of dollars has gone, in, has gone into understanding why did you buy that particular Tide, why that scent, why that size, why did you want it? Because p and is not going to put a product out there that you aren't going to buy. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. They're not going to do it. That needs to be the same approach that a, a small to mid-sized business owner takes because, we don't have the funds, certainly, to waste on advertising or pushing a new service or product out there that's not going to win or that the consumer is not going to want. So basically, the need for market research is very similar between small and big business. Absolutely. It is absolutely. You know, that makes a lot of sense to me. Well, give us some examples, if you can, about how good market research can give a smaller business a real edge in keeping and building or developing new customers. So some examples are uh, anytime I've sat down and met one-on-one with a prospect or with a client, we look at things like marketing channel. We want to understand for the existing consumers or existing clients, whatever you call them, whatever you currently have, how do they hear about you? Because that tells me as a marketer, what's the best way to reach people? What's the best way to, re- to reach new people? Uh, how my new people or how my existing people have heard about me uh, gives me a good example of how to reach new folks. So marketing channel being social media, uh, print, radio, uh, all of these different channels. That's one type of form of market research that we'll look at. Uh, certainly look at any type of pricing. Pricing can be really, really tricky and a sticky subject for a lot of folks. Sometimes going out and asking pricing is important to find out how high, are you priced too high or you're priced too low. Uh, we've looked at things as basic as demographics. Uh, I'm surprised at how many business owners do not know who their target market is. And asking something as simple as age, gender, household size, income are, are core basic items that as a small business you want to go out and you want to collect because then that positions you to know how to reach these folks. I mean, if you have more women purchasing your product than men, that is a completely different landscape in marketing or uh, advertising or how you price something. Uh, So those are just some basic examples of the type of market research that would be done and actually and, and very applicable to small businesses. Let me ask you this now, it kind of, and I'm going to be repetitive, but I want to make sure this message gets through to people. I own a small business, and, and I was in the retail service business uh, more than once. I was in an electronics business. I was in a variety of businesses and always said, well, my gut tells me. I know who the customer is. I deal with the customers. I talk to the customers. Many small business people talk to most, if not all, the customers they have themselves at some point. Uh, as they get larger, that becomes more difficult. So they talk to their salespeople, and the salespeople, oh, the customer wants this. The co- they feel like they already have their market research. Uh, I call it gut instinct or whatever I've heard or or whatever. Uh, what do I say to these people to say, wait a minute, uh, that's okay, but there's something much better for you? That is such a 
common. I remember when I used to consult for uh, in the services industry. So uh, Tony Romans, Tony Romans was a client of mine. Johnny Rockets, Bilderberg, they would all ask this question when, when I would go and meet with uh, when I would do store visits. Well, I already talked to my customers. I know what my customer thinks about me. You do not need to come in and you don't need to survey all of my customers because I talk to them all already. First off, it is a physical impossibility to talk to every single customer that comes to the, your door. Whether you're a brick and mortar or an online online store, that is, an, that is not possible. Uh, and of the folks that you talk to, they're not necessarily going to tell you what they honestly think of you to your face. You know, we're more willing to, unfortunately, be honest behind other people's backs. So as, you know, if you're a sales representative and you're talking to your customers or your store manager, you're not necessarily going to get the most accurate information. And then the last point I want to make is when you are going out and you're talking one-on-one to customers, it's not necessarily representative of all the people that are coming into your store. And that's a statistical term, representativity. Uh, And the advantage that market research or the platform it provides is that it gives you the ability to be to get sound information from more people. More information is, it's also called uh, quantitative data. More information gives you uh, strategic decision-making power. Let's talk about that a little bit too, because we've been talking broadly about market research and you kind of, now we've got quantitative research. You've got this, bringing some terms into this thing. What are some of the basic types of research that a business in general needs to do to really stay competitive. And I define competitive as keeping customers and obtaining new customers Mm -hmm. on a run rate or on a rate that keeps the business growing and thriving. What kind of research do they need to do? Right. So at the end of the day, there's really only two forms of market research that exist, quantitative and qualitative. And then I'm sure everybody's heard all these buzzwords like a focus group. Uh, I've spent quite a bit of time on our session today talking about surveying. Uh, those two types of market research fall into either quantitative or qualitative. Quantitative is just that, quantity, a large amount of data. And it's statistically significant where you can make a decision. Qualitative, and I always tell my clients this, qualitative data renders a quality decision. So is it at a, is it, you have a smaller uh, piece of data, so between five to seven people, that's usually your focus group or one-on-one phone calls or one-on-one interviews. Uh, that's qualitative data, and it gives you an idea for, it, it sends you in a good direction. Uh, so those are the two forms that you could use. What's applicable for small businesses, I would absolutely start off with doing some qualitative work uh, because you may not necessarily be in McDonald's with what, how many how many billion people served. <laughs> You're not going to have all of those people coming through your door. So you've got to start somewhere. So start with the qualitative research. Ask a few questions on a qualitative level, either focus groups, one-on-one phone calls, uh, one-on-one interviews, to begin to formulate an idea for a good uh, for for a direction. And once you get to that point, you start to amass enough data where you can make a quantitative decision. Does that make sense? Absolutely, absolutely. And that's important. You know. One of the things that you personally do that I was intrigued when I looked at your website, uh, because again, it, it gets back to money. And again, I, I don't, I don't assume that big companies don't look at budgets, but their budgets always have more zeros behind them and, and they, you know, have a different business model, but a small business looks at, okay, what is this? You know, I'm not quite sure about this market research stuff, but it makes sense somewhat. And I want to try it. You have a product called voice. Right. Which I was intrigued. Tell us about that because that seemed very, very Absolutely. affordable. 
So voice stands for valuable opinions and customer experience. It's a product that I designed specifically for small to mid-sized businesses. And the idea is for small mid-sized companies to go out and get a monthly snapshot of what is going on with their customers. It's an online survey tool. And anytime we go out and measure experience, there is a group of standard questions always that we always ask, such as how satisfied, overall, how satisfied are you with your experience? Will you recommend me? Will you return to my establishment? Are you going to be a repeat purchaser? And then in addition to that, I provide my client the opportunity to ask three non-standard questions specific to their industry. So we can get a little customization in there. And then always, 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 this is the best practice for any good market research study, wrap it up with demographics. Uh, and in voice, I always ask age and gender because in, in, a, in the marketing world, as a good marketer, you always tailor your service or product based on your target market, based on your consumer. And that product costs approximately what? Uh, voice is 120 a month. Uh, right. I priced it very, very low uh, because I want small businesses, I, I want them to have the opportunity to step into the game and to know what the customer thinks uh, so that they can be strategic. They, um, they have every right to step out there, know what the customer thinks, and position themselves uh, to provide exactly what their consumer is looking for. Well, this seems like a very, very affordable first step, if you will, to get your feet wet. And, Absolutely. Uh, that, that was my hope. Well, it makes a lot of sense to me. Well, let me ask you this. Uh, you know, digital marketing, you and I touched on that a little bit in our conversation before the show. Uh, it's, it's the digital world has had huge impact, personal and on business. Uh, talk to us a little bit about the impact of digital on what you do. So digital marketing, certainly from a holistic perspective, has completely changed the marketing world. I mean, it added a whole nother marketing channel with social media, with Google AdWords and so forth. In my industry, in the world of market research, digital changed, changed us in two components. Number one, it changed how we were able to ask questions. You know, in the past, when I started off 20 years ago doing research for Proctor, uh, we did mail surveys. So it was a paper survey. And we, uh, the fulfillment department, they'd print it, send it out all over the country, and get it back. And it would take about four weeks to conduct a study. Now, with online studies, we can go up, put a study a survey up on Friday, take it down on Monday, and we've got our data and give it and send it on over and, and then analyze it and send it on over to the client. So certainly from a methodology perspective, it changed market research. It also changed the type of questions that we ask. Because there is so much business conducted online, it demanded of the market research industry to understand consumer behavior, purchase patterns, that is, when it comes online. I mean, look what Amazon has done. They've bought Whole Foods Market. They've changed the grocery store, the grocery shopping um, experience. And that demands that, consume, that, that businesses step out and they understand this, this change in paradigm. Why would I go and purchase my groceries online versus going into the store? Uh, and if you're a local mom-and-pop grocery store, you need to find that out. And you need to know because you need to, you need to stay up in the game. Yeah, if you don't, you're going to be gone quick. Right. No about it. Right. That's another thing about the digital world I found. It moves fast, and you're either in or you're out, and you can't sit in the middle very long. No more sitting on the fence for well, days, Well, social weeks, media months. came, what was it, about 10 years ago? It really just came out into the market with a boom. And that's not something that we even looked at uh, when I started doing work for P&G or even for, um, you know, my service clients. That We never looked at social media. And now look at what it does. Well, we've got about 30 seconds left. 
tell us what the future holds for you and your business. Where are you going with this? So Incrementum is here to serve a small to mid-sized client. And I really, it is my hope, and it's always been my hope, because I started off doing, working in this industry solely for big business. And I want smaller businesses to also be able to have this kind of value. Uh, to have this kind of information and to be able to reach out to their consumers because it helps growth. Incrementum is the Latin word for growth. And that's everything I designed for Incrementum is meant to provide business growth. Well, Kathy, I can't thank you enough because you brought a topic to the table we haven't touched on in over five years. And I think it's a topic, an idea that small and medium-sized businesses need to take a look at, a very serious look and get in the game with it. If folks want to talk to you more about your voice product or anything else, what's the best way for them to get in touch with you? So I have a website, incrementummarketing.com. You can also email me at cbrown at incrementummarketing. And all my contact information is on my website. My uh, phone, my uh, social media uh, is all out there on the site. So I'd love to hear from folks. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take our bottom of the hour break when we come back. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about One Best Consult and what I've been doing lately and what we are going to bring you in the future. So please stay with us and we'll be right back with you. Hispanic Chamber Connections with Dr. Carlos Sanchez, president of the Woodlands Conroe Hispanic Chamber of Commerce, featuring event announcements, member highlights, and more. Tuesdays at 1 p.m., broadcasting from the heart of Conroe, Texas, on IRLoneStar.com and Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1. Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available in Conroe's FM 104.5-106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776 to take your first step into the radio world. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. Health Center Southeast Texas is a federally qualified health center. We accept Medicare, Medicaid, and most major private insurances. For our self-pay patients, we have a sliding scale discount program available. Our health centers have qualified providers and staff striving every day to provide the best quality of care to our patients. Services offered are family medicine, behavioral health services, telepsychiatry, and pediatrics. We have four area locations. Look up the Health Center Southeast Texas online at hcset.com. A Lone Star Community Radio is Montgomery County's radio station with talk, music, weather, and traffic for Montgomery County. Have a question or comment about one of our shows? Want to know how to reach a host? Just contact the station at irlonestar.com 
or call in and leave a message at 936-647-3776. Get involved with your community with Lone Star Community Radio. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Rick Schisler, your host of the Weekly Business Hour, founder and owner of OneBestConsult.com. That's one, the number one, BestConsult.com. We invite you to check out our website. Go to the website. There's a lot of great information there for business owners, businesses, starting people who are starting businesses. We'd like to connect with you because that's what we do. We connect and we provide common sense business experience. Uh, that comes primarily from the fact that I have over 40 years of working in business, small business. I owned and operated and sold five separate businesses in my life. And I love to help people develop their business, building a better, more secure, growing business for themselves and their families. Well, let's talk first a little bit in this segment, if we can, about what we just heard, market research. If you missed the segment, I'm sorry, we'll kind of catch you up on it. Market research is an area, and I mentioned it during the interview with Kathy Brown of Incrementum uh, LLC, Incrementum Marketing. Uh, market research is an area that I find that small business, uh, medium-sized business doesn't really pay a lot of attention to. I think there's a couple of reasons for that. One is, well, the big guys do it. And you heard Kathy mention she worked with uh, Procter & Gamble, big companies, Tide, uh, products like that, Sprint, companies that we as small business people just never think that it's something that would even work for us. It's so expensive. We read an article or see something here or there. We read about consumer research, and it just doesn't apply to us in business, but it does apply to us. I can't tell you how many times in my life I have worked with business clients, and even myself, I will admit it, I will admit it, that I was trying to develop a product or service in the market, and I was shooting at that target I mentioned in the segment with Kathy, that concentric circle you know, we've all seen it, the red and white circles. And I was hitting out at the outer bands. You know, I was a pretty bad archery player in the in the day or a dart thrower. I couldn't get it at dead center. I couldn't hit it in the center. And market research is one of those tools that's available to us, one that we should absolutely use if we want to bring our product or service offering into the dead center. And that is extremely important for us because if nothing else, even if your product's doing okay, your service is doing okay. How much better would it be if you were dead on and you were delivering a product and service that you knew the market better than just people? You know, I took a trip recently and I meant to update you all. I was on a hiatus. We took a trip out West. Uh, I saw a lot of business. I was in Santa Fe, New Mexico, for an example, and they've got a lot of stores in their downtown plaza, a lot of stores selling lots of different things. Um, some things that are valuable jewelry that's made, uh, by individuals, and then you have what we'll call trinkets, things that are inexpensive. Uh, but the fact is, you can walk up to each store, you can look in the window, and you can determine, okay, what is the market for that store? Well, I wasn't looking for things that were inexpensive, so I wasn't going to go into a store that just had stuff, as I call it, trinkets. Uh, and typically, those stores had so much stuff. It was so jammed together that it just wasn't appealing to me. So even if I was, I don't know that I would go in a store. And I hope you're getting where I'm going with this. The fact that the presentation of the product, there were other stores where there was nice presentation, the furnishings, the paint color on the walls, the folks that waited on you, you could tell they sold nice stuff. 
sometimes a little too nice, sometimes a little too expensive, overpriced maybe. But the fact is you can walk down Main Street and do your own survey and look at stores and say, who are they trying to appeal to? The problem is they may be trying to appeal to a different customer, but the fact is they don't really know who that customer is. Market research can lead you to who your customer is, who can be the most valuable customer, who will spend the most money, who will buy more of your product and services, who will refer you to other people. These are the kind of questions with time, some patience, and a little bit of money, you can develop a real true profile of your business, of who your customer is. It's not a gut instinct thing. Absolutely, the gut helps. Talking to your salespeople helps. Talking to your vendor helps. Talking to your customers helps. But like Kathy said, customers oftentimes don't tell us straight up. They tell us what they think we want to hear. They want to be polite in most cases. Okay, yesterday I was having a hamburger at a local hamburger outlet, and the meat was raw. And the young man who ran the place, it was a family-owned business, came around and asked me if everything was okay. And I said, well, it was fine. And then he walked away and I said, you know, I need to tell him about this because they're not cooking the hamburgers long enough. So I called him back and I said, look, this is raw. It's okay for me, but I'm sure there'll be others that won't find this okay and probably not speak up and tell you. I was trying to help this guy because I like that hamburger joint. I like hamburger joints. This happens every day in business, and I bet it happens in your business because the fact is you don't know when it happens. One best consult, we're here to help you with that, with common sense business advice based on the experience we have. What does that mean for you as a small business owner? I deliver experience, not theory. I have 40 plus years of experience. I give you advice for your business, not a cookie cutter manual that coaches and other people can offer you. I look into your business. The chances are I've been in your business or a similar business. I've had clients, I've been doing this for almost 15 years, just advising businesses, sharing my experiences. And third, and I think most important is we build a relationship. We build a stronger and more valuable business. That's what the common goal needs to be for you and your family. Reality is over 90% of us that are in business have family. It might be a parent, it might be a spouse, it might be children, whoever it is. Other silent partners, as I like to call them, depend on you as the owner, as the operator, general manager of the business. You need someone who can walk alongside you like I had in the businesses I had, a mentor side by side, always available to give me the unvarnished truth and to listen to my challenges and help me find the best solution. OneBestConsult.com. That's the place to check it out. Go check our website out. Again, one, the number one, BestConsult, C-O-N-S-U-L-T.com. It's right there. And I'm ready to work with you either virtually or on site. I work with clients all over the area and can reach out anywhere in the world, quite literally, with the digital technology. So check us out. I love to talk to you and hear what's going on in your business. Listen in Mondays at noon to hear Conroe news from local nonprofits, businesses, upcoming events, Conroe Park events, news stories, and information that matters to you with your host, Margie Taylor of Taylorized PR. For more information about being a guest, visit IRLoneStar.com slash Conroe Culture. 
Lone Star Community Radio is looking for those who are interested in hosting their own talk show with monthly and weekly slots available on Conroe's FM 104.5 and 106.1 and on IRLoneStar.com. Start your own podcast, create your first YouTube channel, and be on TV. Contact Lone Star Community Radio online at IRLoneStar.com or call the station message line at 936-647-3776. Well, this is Rick Schussler, host of the Weekly Business Hour, and I hope you enjoyed our our last piece, uh, recap of our visit with Kathy Brown, and also talking about the One Best Consult uh, approach to doing business and how we look at what Kathy had to offer, Uh, because I'd like to work with you. That's the bottom line. That's what this show's about, is educating and offering an opportunity to work with you and your business to build a more successful business for you and your family. I'd like to take the next few minutes and talk about something I came across in my reading uh, this past week, and I think it's worth sharing, and that's about preparing yourself in business uh, when you start or when you're already in business 20 years down the road. Prepare yourself somewhat to overcome major business obstacles because, you know, it's basically naive to think that even though you've prepared yourself financially, you have plenty of reserves, you've got the right vendors, you've got the right human and material resources lined up to build your product, provide your service, that they're not going to be obstacles that pop up. They pop up in everyday life to us personally. They're going to pop up in your business. And I have actually worked with businesses where the business owners uh, were not prepared for some of the obstacles that they uh, came across. And some of them were inevitable that they were, as they grew that business, you grow to certain levels. Some people believe, I happen to believe you take steps uh, at certain levels, every industry can be analyzed, uh, again, by market research and show you where those steps are as far as size, competition, and so on and so forth. But people first need to expect challenges, and they need to make contingency plans. Now, this is not a full-blown build-a-notebook kind of thing, but you need to expect that you're going to get a challenge. In other words, things are going to happen. As an individual, you can get sick even though you live and breathe a healthy lifestyle every day. You can still get sick. So be prepared. Have contingency plans. Like right now, we're in hurricane season. Well, that comes around every year here in the Gulf Coast. And every business client I have has a contingency plan. In this case, some of them are very well prepared. They are printed out. They are communicated to management as well as other employees. What happens if we have a hurricane? What happens if our facility is shut down? How do we continue in business? Well, that's at one end of the scale. But there are other things that come along, and I encourage you, expect obstacles to pop up and be prepared mentally, physically to handle those that they do. The second thing is to anticipate changes. Uh, There's going to be changes in your business and you need to be somewhat adaptable. You know, one of the biggest problems I have found with people, and I have spent a lot of time talking with you over the past few years about it, and I'm coming to believe it's even more important than I ever thought, is you've got to be right for your business. Your physical and mental makeup has got to be right for the business you're in not only to be in business for yourself, but also the industry, your position or role in your business. It's got to be something that excites you, of course, that it delivers the passion you look for. And part of having all that positive reinforcement, as I call it, is that when change takes place, it's not as big a blow. If you're not happy where you are and changes keep coming, or you're not happy with change, as some people aren't, then this is going to work against you, and it's going to work against your business. Third thing, and we talked about this uh, throughout the show today, and it gets talked about every day all over the place, and I don't want to overdo it, 
but recognize digital technology. Don't fight it. I'm not talking about social media. Obviously, that's a digital technology. But I'm talking about technologies that affect directly affect your business. It is one of the best things that's happened to small business. It allows us in small business to be competitive. It allows businesses to start up that otherwise couldn't have started up. It allows us to produce product services and deliver them just like the big boys from the get-go so we can become a big boy and the one who uses that technology the most effective. And let me assure you, if you have an experience, some people, small, medium, and big, misuse technology, and they leave a lot on the table, and they lose customers they shouldn't lose. Technology can be overused. It can be underused. You've got to find that balance in your business. Stay focused on your competition is the fourth thing I want to touch on. Make sure that you're aware of what's going on around you. Don't lose sleep over it. Please don't lose sleep on it. But always be creative and innovative in your business. There's no way today that you start a business and 20 years later, it's the same business it was when you started. Certain core values need to be the same, but business has to innovate. It has to change today. Things are moving a lot faster if you haven't figured that out. And the final thing, and this is something, one of the reasons I asked Kathy to join us today, keep your business knowledge, keep your learning, keep learning about business. Allow yourself some time each week to read and study, to to read a book, stay up with business uh, weekly, monthly publications, magazines. Don't walk away from that knowledge because that is the key, you staying up to speed with what's going on. You'll need to not necessarily immerse yourself every day in it, but you need to allow time, find time to keep your business knowledge going. Well, I hope this little tip has helped you. We're going to take our final break of the day here in a moment, and we're going to come back, and I'm going to deliver my one best consult tip of the week. It's called Think, Then Act. Why is that so hard for us to do? Be back in a moment. For those of you who like your partners, your gumbo, and your music salty, well, we're here to help with the music. Julian Shea here, host of Lone Star Country Nights Thursday, your weekly dose of roots and Americana and all the music that makes this part of the country special. We stir in western swing, honky-tonk, Zydeco, Texas blues, outlaw country, and put a pinch of red dirt, and then we smoke it over a slow fire. Then listen to the results Thursday nights on Conroe's 104.5 and 106.1 and worldwide at IRLoneStar.com. What can the Better Living for Texans program do for you? You can learn how to increase your consumption of fruits and vegetables, choose foods that are relatively inexpensive and good to eat, make your food dollars last longer, prepare quick, nutritious meals, help your children learn how to eat healthier snacks, and much more. Our program is committed to helping people like you improve your health through providing research-based nutrition education in a friendly, cost-free, and relaxed environment. We are Texas A&M AgriLife Extension, helping Texans make their lives better. Our talk shows and music shows are looking for sponsors. Want to expand your brand awareness? Reach the hyper-local audience in Montgomery County? Lone Star Community Radio sponsorships accomplish this. Want to see our stats and rates? Check out IRLoneStar.com sponsor for more information. Or call in and leave us a message at 936-647-3776. This is Rick Schisler, host of the Weekly Business Hour, founder and owner of OneBestConsult.com. Final segment of this show this week, 
the weekly business hour. First of all, I want to thank you for listening. If you missed any part of the show, don't forget, there's a podcast video cast available to the show. Go to YouTube, go to Facebook. We have channels there, the weekly business hour, Facebook, other places you can find it. You can even go to the Lone Star Community Radio's website, IRLoneStar.com, and find the history and listen to the podcast of today's show. Well, the final segment of today's show, as I mentioned it before the break, think, then act. Why is this so hard for all of us to do? Well, I'm pulling out the newspaper today. Uh, it happens to be a Wall Street Journal paper. You know, I was reading the Sunday paper yesterday, uh, having lunch, and uh, the fellow running the restaurant said, gosh, you don't ever see the Sunday paper anymore. And I said, well, it's something I love to do. Well, I like to read the Wall Street Journal, and I like to read it on a regular basis. So I'm blessed to have a subscription and I try to keep up with what's going on. There's an article in here. It's actually an essay of a book, and I want to give a shout-out to this book, and this is kind of a book review, if you will. Uh, this is a book written by uh, a fellow named Bradley Stats, S-T-A-A-T-S. Uh, the book's entitled Never Stop Learning, Stay Relevant, Reinvent Yourself, and Thrive, and it was published by the Harvard Business Re- Review Press. And I encourage you to take a look at the book. Uh, this essay in the journal this past weekend, though, about thinking before you take action was to me kind of an eye-opener because it seems to be a trend where people take action, then they think about it, and an example was made in light of the recent World Cup action. You know, when the goalie's standing there and their penalty kicks, does the goalie move to the left or to the right? And again, I'm not necessarily a soccer fan, but I've watched this happen. And the goalie tries to guess where the kicker's going to kick, left or right. And the reality is, as you can probably guess, somebody's done a study of this, and they found out that goalies jump to the left 49% of the times, to the right 44% of the time, and they stay centered. In other words, they don't take action 6% of the time. Well, what do you think the kickers do? Well, the kickers kick to the left 32% of the time, to the right 28% of the time, and guess what? They kick to the center 39% of the time. So they kick to the center 39% of the time, but the goalie only stands still 6% of the time. That's very interesting. In other words, there are more kicks to the center because they know the goalie's going to act, not necessarily think about these statistics. And that's kind of what we do in business. I mean, this is an interesting thing to think about. It's like we always have to be on, that we have to feel that we've got to take action. If we don't do anything but act, and that when they uh, interviewed a lot of goalies, that's what they said. Well, I just don't want to stand there and the ball goes left or right, and I didn't do anything, so I've got to take action to look like I'm doing something. Think about that. That's kind of crazy, but that's a reality. Other studies have done uh, been done to show people who come in early and stay late, are they really more productive? Because they're taking action. They're visible to management. And the reality is that studies have shown that the people that come in early, stay late, are not necessarily that more, if any, more productive. But they're taking action. They're visible. They're coming in early. They're staying late. It's very interesting to me of this fact that we're always on, which hampers, which hampers us from learning, from recharging and reflecting. If we're always on, always taking action, then when do we have time to learn? And I think that's a very important concept that we need to remember. You know, the appearance of activity is one thing because we think we can impress our boss in the example of coming in early, staying late. You've heard the expression, 
that person's committed. That person's dedicated. And the person who doesn't come in early or and stay late or comes in late, wow, they're not committed. And maybe I don't need them here. I mean, we've heard those conversations, but it's not the truth if you really dig down into it. And these studies have done that. So what do we need to do? What do we need to do? We need to get over this fear of regret of not acting. We need to allow some time to think, to reflect. We need to recharge. That's a general statement, but it's also a specific statement, in my opinion, to any particular action or situation you're faced with. Don't be afraid of not trying if you're just trying for the sake of trying. As Mr. Stats put in this essay, he says, and I'll quote, so fight the urge to act for its own sake and recognize that when the going gets tough, we've heard that expression, the tough take time to stop and think. I love that expression. So when the going gets tough, the tough take time to stop and think. I think there's a lot of good information, a lot of encouragement there, and I would encourage you perhaps to check out this essay in the Wall Street Journal this past weekend. It was in their Saturday edition in the review section. You can access that online, and I encourage you to perhaps become a digital subscriber as well. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us this week. Thank you to Kathy Brown for joining us. Next week, we're going to have Ted Leach with us. Ted is an expert on uh, the cost of your business to do business and how you can reduce those costs. In other words, Ted works strictly on the expense side and what your expenses are. So make a note, join us next Monday right here on IR Lone Star at 11 a.m. Remember, you can sponsor the Weekly Business Hour. Just send me an email, rick at irlonestar.com. And I encourage you, until next week, stay engaged and keep your focus on what counts in your business. Thanks.